Okay, guys. Dimo, before your trip to Kaunas, you warned your teammates to enjoy the sunshine for one last time because there's no sun in Kaunas. Actually, there was sun. There was yeah. sun yesterday. It was it was pretty shiny. But I would say that clouds settled in in the gym. <laughs> so Monaco Biggs, Chima Monek, and Donatos Matiunas on their bonus podcast is is great to have you here. Uh, pleasure. We will have to go through some topics quickly because we're out of time. But thanks a lot for you because I know that you're on a tight schedule, so it was not easy uh, to to set up this uh, conversation. But again, you were the hottest team in the Euroleague before this game. In, in Comas, you were on a five-game winning streak. Uh, but since you've lost, uh, let's give some credit to those teams who are fighting for the eighth seed in, in the playoff race. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's amazing. Zalgiris uh, did a great job yesterday, even though like their game was not as fluent. I can see a little bit um, kind of uh, tension because they know how mm. important every game for them is. So they were not playing, I would say, as free as they used to. And for sure, the, the, the basketball was not the cleanest from their side. I mean, I'm not even talking about our side, but their side was not very clean basketball. But on the end, you know, they uh, they did what they needed to do. They, would, they got the win. And uh, yeah, the, their chances are growing with every game, you know. So. We have this open race for the eighth seed. Let's say we exclude Partizan and Maccabi. Let's that's say they're competing what, what for the center do, six yeah, that's seed. What you have yeah, to do. so we basically have Jalgiris, Basconia, and Efes. Jalgiris, Basconia, they have 16 wins, Efes 15. And if those teams has the same record, uh, Basconia has an advantage, head-to-head advantage. Yeah. How would you rank those three teams in the remaining of the regular season? Who do you see on top? Yeah, so it's funny. We were having this conversation on the bus. Yesterday, you know, because we're all big Euroleague fans, basketball fans, and personally, I picked Basconia to be that last team. But with three, four games left, who knows what could happen? Mm. You know, Zagreus, the, the fans here are incredible. Obviously, you know, all three of those teams have great fan bases, but I was just here so I can speak to that. And obviously, you know, any team can be beat, especially this time of the year. So, but personally, I do have Basconia. Why Basconia? Seeing see how they play, seeing how they play, it's it's tough for a lot of teams to keep up with them. And um, I feel like the matchups that they have, they can outscore those teams. And if they have the advantage, you know, that's what they need mm. to do. And you you for sure will go with the Jalgiris, right? I will go with the Jalgiris, but again, you know, it really depends on my schedule. <laughs> it's <seems reaction. laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's, it's my hometown You'll team. You'll probably hear a lot about Jalgiris on, yeah, on those bus, yeah. bus trips. Yeah, he's tired of no, it. No, 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 no. Incredible fan bases. Lithuanian people are incredible. I love it, but I'm picking Basconia. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, like you said, the, the most important thing that Basconia is keeping head-to-head advantage in the, yeah, on yeah. those two teams. This is very important. And uh, Because it means that Jalgiris or FS, they have to have one more win well, than exactly, Basconia. It's, exactly. it's not easy. I mean, uh, but then uh, I think Basconia have uh, two out of three last games on the road. I'm, I'm no, actually, sure. they play Fener at home, Asvel at home, and Olympiakos away. So, you know, if they lose two out of those three and Jalgiris win uh, all of them. Yeah, because actually Jalgiris is, is uh, having a third easiest schedule. Valencia at home, Maccabi at home, and Barn away. FS, they have Virtus home, Fenerbahce away, and Monaco uh, at home at the last uh, game of the regular well, season. My thing, at this point in the season, nothing is easy. Yeah, nothing is yeah. true. As nothing is going to go as it's supposed to go. So, yeah, like anyone can win actually, and, and that's the thing. Like uh, the teams that fight for their lives, and you know, team like us coming, you know, that we clinch the playoff spot, even though we are fighting for a 
mm. trying to fight for a home court advantage. We're not on that, you know, win or die type of mentality, which, you know, reflect yesterday, you know, on the game, you know, and so it's, it's definitely, I think it's going to be some surprising scores in, in, in different arenas, mm. but, but, you know, I'm honestly, to be, to, to be, to be fair to all the teams, I'm extremely happy that Jalgiris are in that playoff contending mm. situation. Looking at last year, they were yeah. uh, one of the last teams, I think maybe they dead last, last yeah, yeah, dead last, you know, so from that to to change, you know, yeah. by changing players, changing coaches, jump into the playoff contendent type of situation. I think it's a huge, huge win for it, for a club as Shalgiris, you know, with the budget as Shalgiris yeah. have. What is also cool about teams that improved is that, like, we're taking Monaco's success for granted. Last year, it was a roller coaster trip, I would say. You were like 14, 15 seed at one point of the season. Sasha yeah. came in and he improved the picture. You made the playoffs. You were one game away from the final four. And this year you were really consistent. You clinched uh, the, the playoff berth uh, pretty quickly. You're also fighting for the home court advantage. You're actually still in the race for the first seed. Uh, but what was, I mean, what's interesting right now, and uh, especially what everybody was talking about, Mike's, Mike James suspension. And I have one question with this particular situation because after yesterday's game, I talked with many basketball people who said that Mike didn't look like himself. Uh, his his game, uh, the level of his aggressiveness, his body language. And it, I mean, it doesn't mean body language. It doesn't mean he did anything wrong, but it felt like he was not himself. And I was just intrigued as you as a teammates, you know, having him back after uh, what happened. I mean, how do you try to accept him back to the crew, to the pack? Well, I think... What uh, it takes, you know, to bring him back. Because you need him as your leading scorer. And if he's there on your team, I mean, you still have to adjust somehow. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, it's, it's a shock, obviously. It's a shock for a team when they took him out and then when they bring him back. It's a shock for a playing, for a style that we play uh, for everything. And so to expect that uh, we're going to clink right away you know start playing the same level of basketball that we played before his inspection is it's a little bit naive you know and so it's going to take time again us to to rethink we reset uh, as a players to, to to have a trust have this have that you know and uh you know from my side you can see that mike is trying to after the suspension maybe uh you know he's trying to also adapt to to the team which i think you know we all were playing kind of his type of basketball and now he's trying to adapt to the team the way we played without him, mm, okay. which is, I think, um, that's where, you know, there is a problem a little bit where, you know, he's different type of basketball player when he plays isolation. And then when he tried to play for a team, it's, it's, it's not as aggressive, then it's not, uh, I would say, uh, not as much used. Mm. So it's not really... Not really why why I think the coach uh, was pushing to sign Mike in the beginning with, you know. Yeah, because even watching the game yesterday, it felt like in some situations he was just overpassing. In situations where he was about to take a shot in, let's say, first part of the season, now it felt like he was overpassing. And maybe that's the well, part of the adjustment he's trying to make. And know, I'm not sure if it's good or uh, for good or bad uh, for team's well, perspective. That's what I'm saying. So this is this is the thing what I, what I said. When he when they took him out, we readjust in very mm -hmm. quick time uh, to play as a team, to move the ball. We broke the our season assist, EuroLeague assist. Uh, you know, in the French League, we also had like consistently 20 assists. So he saw the way we played. He watched every game. Of course, he mm. supported the team. And then suddenly, you know, he comes back. He wants to, 
you know, to be a part of it, to add it up. But then like the whole group has to adapt and change. And, and, you know, there's just like, like I said, it's a process from my side. At least that's what I see. Yeah. I mean, my, my biggest takeaway is like the, the human aspect of it, the mental side of it, you know, being the top scorer, being, you know, potentially first or second team, you all your league, the suspension happens, we win every game and then he has to come back and He's questioning himself and you know i feel bad for him a lot of pressure you know off the court you know people are saying terrible stuff and blaming him unfairly and i don't like that so you know he's coming into the game and he doesn't want to be the you know the reason for us you know not winning games because we won every game without him so like you know yeah he is overpassing and i told him that but the most important thing is i told him don't blame yourself don't blame yourself because it's a difficult situation for any human being to go through to, you know, be the most important player on the team and then be out for two weeks and then you feel, you know, just overthink everything. So You don't have a rhythm. You don't have nothing. You don't, you you don't have like a rhythm, a, yeah. Again, you know, like it, it was not like he was allowed to practice with a team or anything. So he was separated from the team. So he doesn't have a game rhythm. This is the second game. We didn't really have a practice with no, him. No, like we were gone we won't for practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, like it, you, you can do by yourself whatever you want. You, you're not going to, you know, you're going to lose the game rhythm like yeah. this quick, you know, and then it's really difficult to gain the confidence, the rhythm, and especially in the same time, he's trying to adjust to the team that we were playing different without him than with him, you know. So there's a lot of figuring out, figuring out going on. And um, like I said, uh, uh, you know, I hope is for the good, but it's also very difficult to, to, to think about it, that it can be also for a bad. So we will see what's going to happen. We'll see how, how we're going to maneuver it out. I, Honestly, this is more coach's job than anyone else to do this type of things. Yeah. yeah, we're a few weeks away from the playoffs, so let's hope he will figure it out for the team's good. Yeah, I have some video to show to you. I, right. I'm not sure if you are aware of Tornika Shengelia exchange with Maccabi fans. I so, heard, I, I heard, that. I didn't saw it. But it. just today, our colleague shared some great video that I will show it to you. Just a second. So we're just watching many Maccabi fans aggressively approaching Tornika Shungelia. There's an exchange and actually he tries to jump into the stands to talk about things probably, (laughs) not to kick some asses. No, never. But you see they're happy to provocate it like that. That's true. And I don't want you to trigger Maccabi fans because you might face them in the playoffs, (laughs) but have a different question. Could you recall your most uh, unsafe experiences in Europe during game, post-game? And do you feel protected enough as basketball players playing in Europe? So I, I, for a long time, yeah. I haven't played in, you know, Serbia or Greece or mm. Turkey. And I know, you know, it's a different level there, Israel. Um, I've had some situations where, you know, words were said or yeah. racist epithets were said but like it never got to the point where i was afraid for my safety because you know it was from a distance but you know i've seen a lot of things you know like that that happened unfortunately and i think most of it is you know as a fan sometimes you want to get attention and whether your team is losing or your team is winning you're trying to celebrate a lot of a lot of things is attention you see this happens and then everyone pulls out their phone because people are going to talk about it and that's the unfortunate part about it. But for me personally, I've never had anything that, you know, I ever felt unsafe about. But I see it too often. And 
fans have to, you know, do things the, for the right reasons and, you know, celebrate your team when they're winning, but don't try to take somebody down because they're in a bad mood because of their losing. And, you know, that just knocked them out of the playoffs. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I do love playing in Europe overall. But, yeah, that needs to be addressed. From my side, I think the fans are, you know, all the all the fans are amazing. Every team has a very passionate fans. The problem is, I think, uh, I've been in the States, I've been in a couple of, um, I can compare a little bit with the UFC events. And uh, I've seen, like, every event I went to, there is a fight going on mm. in the stands. I'm not talking about, okay. like, in, in Octagon, someone breaks down. And... Uh, I can compare this with the with the basketball because it's the same thing, you know, like you're a fan you, The basketball brings you emotions big emotions and There's a that thin line between emotions and start to like you said like racial abuse humiliating mm. opposite team players Which I think that that line should never be crossed NBA deal with it, you know a little bit different way you do something like this you're banned for life You know, you're not coming back to NBA ever you know, so and, and there is no discussion, no, no, no jokes, no nothing. There's a cameras in the arena. You can track everyone like like this if you want to. And so for me, like uh, that line should never be crossed. You know, like like Chima said, like you can support your team. You can you can you can express your feelings, everything. But, you know, some of the fans, a couple of beers in, they lose their minds and start to insult you personally, your family, which is me personally, I think should never be touched, you know, like mm. uh, those guys, those guys after the game, they go home to their families, they go to work, you know, for us, that's the work, you know, and, yeah. and, and then if you, if you insult my family at my workplace, like, and it's allowed and no one's do nothing about it, that's, that's a problem. That's a big problem. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that there's not too many incidents like this, like in a football, I don't know if you're familiar, in European football, there was like, I don't know, five, six years ago, there was a huge scandal, like through everywhere, Russia, everywhere, like that, uh, it was nonstop racial abuse of the players, and I'm like, I, I really don't understand why mm. why it's like this common. The basketball less, like I said, this incident is maybe one of the rare ones, you know. That yeah. uh, also at you, least nothing has happened, you know. There was just some exchange. Of course, but you can see also fans, you know, they're so hyped, they're so they're so like feeling it. Like you mm. can see, they're laughing, they're enjoying it. That they, you know, get the get the player out of his out of his like rhythm. complex yeah, yeah rhythm you know like out of his mind but then like i'm pretty sure that the words that were said uh, are not the right ones you know mm. and, and th th this is the sad part and I, I agree with that and i i think important an important thing about that is that fans sometimes forget that players are humans yeah and then they just say okay you're supposed to be playing a basketball game so you're supposed to focus on that and you know leave out all the distractions i'm trying to get in your head but you're not supposed to let that happen then the part that escalates it or takes it to another level is when they go on your social media. And that's where I've got the most, yeah. you know, hate, mm -hmm. death threats. Like, I, last year, you know, the way I played in Manresa, I was very expressive and jovial, and a lot of people hated that. And mm -hmm. probably after every other game, I would say, on the road, I would get someone calling me an N-word or a monkey or telling me I'm a hijo de puta, like, a okay. lot of, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know, so like, we know all the bad words. <laughs> yeah, 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 I learned all of that. But I've, I've learned to deal with it better now, but I know a lot of players struggle with that, you know, struggle with opinions of others. So fans need to be very mindful of that. 
I had situation also like with the death threats. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, even I get death threats, so it's just incredible. No, you you mm. probably get for uh, for as, as soon as you do some something interesting, some interview like more, or like, you write something topic. about some teams with big fan bases. I mean, you're done on Twitter, really. Yeah, because like for me, uh, I think. Um, uh, Golden State had two championships and then they had a first first round game against us and uh, we were running back for fast break James Harden cut behind my back coming back uh, to the defense and uh, you know my jersey was all wet I slide and then that's when the <sighs> Steph Curry injured his knee yeah. and so they're like oh you you messed it up our our three-peat uh, chances and stuff like that like I, I receive a lot of things but I just I just try not to react because like you know but again we're coming to the same point that uh, you know we're all humans you know and uh, our job is not a, not an easy job too we have to perform honestly there was a situation last night too that uh, you know different player could react differently I think Jordan Lloyd uh, ran was um, after a foul or something, mm. went under a basket and one of the fans jumped and then his face started clapping. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you saw that, but... No, I didn't. I missed uh, that. We talked a little bit yesterday over the dinner. I said, we said like, okay, you know, it's, it's fans, it's emotions, it's this and that, but like different guy can react differently to that mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and uh, you know, someone is clapping at your face like this from the fans, like, you know, it's okay, some, someone's going to take it as a fuel. Someone can take it as a you know personal insult. Mm. So again, you know these type of stations. You're sitting at a first row. You shouldn't be doing that. And uh, also with the partisan, I watched the game against Barcelona. First row fans are jumping up, like yeah. almost like running to the court. You know, yeah. okay, you know they're uh, amazing fans and this and that. But I think for a first rows, there has to be some rules. You know that they cannot interfere. They cannot, you know. Uh, there are some rules uh, to fans that are sitting next to team benches, yeah. but it's like four people on both sides. Yeah, so exactly. It's... So that's that's not a, you know, mm -hmm. but like I said, I saw in the game that uh, I think Rev made some interesting calls and, you know, the, the fans from the from the front seats, they jumped like and they were almost in the, in, in, uh, in the court, you know, and, you know, that's where the Fans put a pressure, big mm. pressure on on uh, on the referees, and then they can change the game. Exactly, like, uh, two calls can change yeah. the game, any game. So I mean, you know, referee job like is not easy. We're talking about death threats, and oh, for sure, I, I believe that these refs they have a hell of a job. Oh, really. in Europe, and yeah. it, it's sure. it's so weird because fans by trying to be aggressive refs they might affect them in a negative way that they can start you know making some bad calls it actually because all of the that. Time. So all the time, happens it happens all the time. And I, I personally say to Revs, don't, I know it's hard, don't let you make, I don't want you to make a, a crowd call. That's mm -hmm. what I call it, a crowd call. Just because they were, they've been whistling you because you've made certain calls that they didn't like because, you know, it was against their team. Don't make a crowd call just to get them off you for a few seconds because if they lose this game, no matter what, they will, they will be coming for you. And that's how it goes. Just don't make a crowd call to make them feel better. Yes, that's why, you know, those big fan fan base teams they're they're exploring i would say the, the when they put a pressure on, on on the referees they they do it constantly you know and it's maccabi uh, partisan zvezda you know all those big gyms even konas mm. you know when the whole gym is booing you and then like chima said you know uh, start cursing at you uh, 
Referees, you know, are, referees are humans. Humans too. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the the pressure gets to them. You know. I always put the same example. Like imagine if you're wor working in an office, just sitting on, under you know next to your table doing some stuff, and you have some random people shouting at you, yeah. uh, humiliating yeah. your your family and stuff. I mean, I, I wish those fans who do that, who act like that, to be in Get that situation same, yeah, and yeah. how they would feel about yeah, exactly. it. I mean, I know it's basketball, I know it's sports. It's all about the passion, but. I mean, everybody should keep. It should stay respectful to each other. Like I said, there's a thin line that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be crossed. Like for, for me, like you know, you're 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 a fan. You know, you enjoy basketball, whatever. You had two, two, three beers, having fun. Every, everyone. That, that's why we're there to to entertain everyone. You know, to show the 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 best of our preparation, the best of our talents. And so, you know, like I said, the, the respect has to be there too. Since we're very short of time. Let's go quickly through basketnews.com plus members that you can actually become on basketnews.com slash plus. We have some great offers right now and they had this opportunity to ask you personally some of these questions. So we will try to go quickly through them. Uh, and there was an interesting question by Tudor Mintsu. Uh, wow, guys, great podcast uh, guests. My questions, uh, I will include just a couple of them. If you could steal steal one ability or skill from one of your teammates or other year league player, what would you choose and why? Oh, I, let's that's, let's start from. I mean, let's I, let's go with teammates, maybe. To, oh yeah, you know. for me it's easy. Dante's whole jumping man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. Hey, it's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I never see nothing like this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, he's I, flying. He's, it's not only that he's flying, how he managed to, to, to control his body is mm. something unreal. Like some of the dunks, some of the even shots that he makes, yeah. I'm like, the how blocks. the hell? Yeah, it's the, block. the blocks. Mm. Some of the blocks are like so, outrageous. Some of the, outrageous. Like we, I was at one of the games, he, I don't know who would play Olympiacos or someone. The, I, don't, I don't remember who, but he shot a ball. It, the ball was like by the top of the backboard. The uh, that was against Maccabi. Maccabi. I remember I got the rebound. I, I, I asked him, oh, was that a goaltend? He said, no, bro, I got it. Perfect timing. Please find the video and okay. play that right yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was in the fourth quarter. I was sitting there. I saw the ball like almost <laughs> touching the, the, the top, top of the, the board. board. And he, and he got it. I was like, this board. cannot be real. Like, and I got the rebound. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. I would say the confidence of Mike James or, or Ellie, you know, I think it's confidence is very important. And, you know, me coming into a top four team, middle of the season, I'm trying not to, you know, step out of line and I'm trying to help the team as much as possible. I know on this team, especially in Euroleague games, I don't need to score. I don't have plays run for me. So to have their confidence and to know that, you know, I can do this is, is incredible. And with time, that'll come for me. And. But yeah, I salute them for that. Yonut Gergescu, uh, can you share the best pitch ever presented to you by a club that really wanted to show you how much they want you there? In Europe or in general? In general. My, my college coach, the first Division I offer that I received, he said, if you like good weather, good place to live and beautiful girls, you got to come here. <laughs> and I signed there, so it worked. <laughs> For me, probably, uh, even though it was, was a very long time ago, uh, Mr. Giardini, hmm. the GM of the... Benetton. Uh, former GM of Benetton. Former GM of Benetton, yeah. He came and, uh, you know, he convinced my, my parents, which is, you know, right now it's maybe easier, but at that time I was 18 years old kid and he convinced my parents to, to instead of 
leave me here and work with the Jalgiri system to go to Italy and play for Benetton and be in their youth system that grow up many talents. And he, he pretty much promised my parents and, and myself that, you know, it's going to be like a family over there. And it definitely was. And till, uh, till today, whenever I meet him, I try to thank him for, uh, for really for the opportunity. Because in that time, Jalgiris was struggling big time. And like I said, Benetton had the whole system set up for me to grow. And it was uh, one of the best choices I could do, probably. Yeah, and just very, very last question uh, by Odris. Uh, as a fellow big from Lithuania with equally amazing passing capabilities, how would you approach the situation of Domantas Sabonis in the national team? And I think that Chema, uh, Chima also could uh, could add about what he saw about Domas. Oh, yeah. And especially, I mean, <laughs> since Kings are on the you know pace to, to set a historically efficient uh, offense, and then NBA history, what did, what, what did you take from that experience? How did they set this up? What can you actually translate to European basketball for your uh, team from Monaco? Man, they, I would say, you know, the seven, eight guys, that they, the eight guys that they really play, they use, you know, their abilities to the best. Really, the starters, you know, they know how to play together. I think the starters have played the most minutes together in the whole NBA. And Domas is a big, you know, part of that. I saw a stat yesterday that he leads the NBA in dribble handoffs. And like, people don't understand how like important it is for everyone to touch the ball in every possession. Mm. And they really move the ball. And like, he brings the ball up sometimes, catches the ball in the elbow and he makes plays. He's one of the, he's probably the most unselfish big I've ever played with. The best rebounding big I've ever played with. Like, he's just incredible. He loves to learn. He loves to help people. Like he's talking on the bench. He's talking after games and, He's listening, man. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough good things about him. You know, he helped me. Just watching him, seeing how he is as a pro, as a person, as a leader, like incredible. And you know, they officially just clinched the playoffs last night. And like, I feel you know proud to be a, a small part of that. But you know, Domas, yeah. As long as he's there, they they can keep going to the playoffs. Yeah. The problem is that we cannot uh, make Domas so efficient in the national team in FIBA basketball like he is I in the NBA. So we need advice from Dimo, you know, how to make him a, our Jokic. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, like I would say he's, uh, you know, more uh, like he has a lot of similar similarities like his father, you know, uh, who could create, who can move the ball. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of offense should be run through him instead of like trying to get him the ball, just naturally make it in the flow which, uh, you know, more or less, that's how I was used in, uh, in Houston, you know, and uh, that's what, you know, I also was struggling years in, in European championships with the national team because it was like in a national team is very strategic, more, okay, you have to pass the ball here. This is a poster for you. This is a three point for you, which in, in an NBA is more like fluent basketball. At least that's how they play. Sacramento is playing. That's how I was playing. Where you know, like, okay, you know, we move the ball. We we see opportunity to attack. That's where we're gonna attack. We're not gonna, you know, attack with the first pick, or or second pick. Maybe the third pick is gonna be the one that open. Let's move the uh, defense from side to side and see what happens. You know. So I think that um, just put him almost as a as a as a, as a point guard in the offense and run through through him the offense should should work very well. You know. I agree. I agree. Okay, guys, it was a hell of a conversation. It's sad that it was so short because yeah. we, we ran out of time. We have to go to, to Munich yeah. to continue your journey. So yeah. thanks a lot for this. And I hope you to see you in Kaunas in Yeah, two that's months. what I was going to say. We can do part two in, in a month and a half. 
Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Sounds I love it. Sounds well. <laughs> I love the golf. <laughs> <laughs>